Welcome back to another session of Sports Sesh. I'm Guy Young, and these guys are just guys. Now, I want to just jump right into hot topics. Earliest memory of Dirk, it was probably probably a year he was playing with Steve Nash. I kept hearing somebody named Dirt, like with a T, so I was like, why is there a dude named Dirt in the league? And then I, you know, I found out he was actually pretty good, so. play some basketball it's the four-pointer it's mike it's jake it's episode 15 it is a uh, new year's eve edition so about that we got our funny hats and our goofy glasses and we're drunk on tv like don lemon uh yeah so tough road trip we're coming off but um we got a little pellies a little thunder for you uh we'll update you on some of the luca bat s numbers from december uh what's going on with dsj and why the world just won't let him live. And uh, talk about the starting lineup minus Wes and what that's looked like. But uh, first of all, Jacob, how are you, friend? Are you lost your mind yet? Pretty close. <laughs> Pretty close. Last night's win helped. Yeah. Um, but it's about to be over and then way less than over. I need, like, Skyler to do, like, an infographic of your work chart. <laughs> Yeah, last month has been pretty pretty bananas. And the, the, the good or bad, depending on how you look at it, thing is... That it's gonna the what I, what I'm about to have to do I'm not gonna get paid for. <laughs> <sighs> you don't get paid to raise a, a baby, so that's pretty unfortunate. You get um, heaven credits though. You do get so. solid, solid a la credits. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, look, I think I'll be able to probably still write because you can be at home. Yeah, so I'll still be able to do my athletic stuff. I'll have something coming out this week. How long are you planning on taking off? Probably only a week. A week? From from work. Unless, well, it depends on how things go. I mean, I don't really have to be yeah, here. Yeah, you work in the middle of the day. That's true. Yeah. And That's I don't have different. to be here all that much. There's a lot of the things that go into it at home. Right. Um, so we'll have to see how it goes. But Get a little Monty on the postgame show. Just go take some of those, bud. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Get on out there. Well, that's exciting, man. I'm happy for you. Happy for the wife. Kiddo, all of the above. Happy holidays, happy new year, all that stuff to everyone. Um, if you haven't yet voted for our large adult son and the rest of the Dallas Mavericks for the All-Star Game, that has begun. I know it launched on Christmas Day, which is super awkward um, for a team that wasn't playing on Christmas Day. Uh, but that's when it launched, so it's here now. If you haven't seen anything about uh, that on our Twitter, on our Instagram, across our platforms, Voting is up, and you can vote every single day for the All-Star Game. And there are double days. <laughs> it's like uh, like Mark Summers put this together or something. There are, there, are, <laughs> there are double days somewhere in there. I just haven't figured out what they are yet. 
where your vote counts twice. Beep, 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 yeah, beep. You, you, you can be a super delegate somehow uh, in this all star process, but uh, Mavs.com slash all star is the simplest way. Or if you can't quite just make your fingers do that and figure that process out, you can just Google a player's name. And the top thing that shows up is all star voting for them because all star this year is brought to you by Google. Mavs voting in particular is brought to you by Bedgear. Um, but Mavs.com slash All-Star. Yeah, that's that's really confusing because I was actually looking at the 2017 draft class and how their stats compare to juniors. Mm-hmm. And when I Googled Malik Monk before I, vote for I said basketball reference, it just said Malik Monk vote for 2019 NBA All-Star. And I'm like, man, has Malik Monk been popping? I didn't, like, <laughs> I didn't realize. I mean, I'm got a blind spot okay, here but, in Charlotte. Yeah, I was like, damn, I didn't think he was starting. Yeah, I thought he was getting hit by Michael Jordan. <laughs> yes, dad is just breaking out the belt on him. Yeah, so apparently it was not because he's in the running. It's because it is a Google yeah. product. You Google anybody, and the first thing that pops up is a two-click process of Evan voting Eschmeyer. for them. <laughs> yeah, just anybody that's a current player. Um, some of those guys that the Mavs have rights to, like Pot Colson or something. I wonder what Pavel. that does. Yeah, I wonder what that does whenever you Google his name. But uh, I'm gonna. It's my mission. Over the next, what, 19 days until All-Star voting is over, which I think is January 17th or 18th, to get Luka Doncic to the All-Star game. And he's and he's helping. He's helping a little bit. He's doing his part. But uh, if he does not make the All-Star game, it's not going to be by lack of trying. Because um, I'm everywhere that we can post something, every uh, platform that we can share something, I'm... Vote every single day for him. Vote on the double days. Vote. Just get Luka to the damn All-Star game, please. He's an All-Star. Everyone knows that. Um, But, yeah, so vitals right now. I think last time we talked, it was right before the road trip. Uh, But 17 and 18 overall, 15 and 3 at home, currently the 12th seed in the Western Conference. So a little bit of a dip there, but it's not as bad as you might think because the standings in the West are like (laughs) one game out of, let's see, Where's our games back? So six and a half back of the Nuggets. You win one game, you're up to 10th. You win two, you're up to 8th. So two games back of the 8th seed Spurs right now. That uh, that road trip wasn't very fun. I think it was kind of salted over a little bit because Luka played so well. And there were some moments uh that'll go on the end of year highlight reel especially in portland the last second three but that went about as how how i expected going into denver going into staples going into oracle and then up in portland where wind streaks go to die uh especially on a back-to-back i was just kind of proud that they stuck in that game the last three were pretty encouraging because they were all within i think four points yeah but um four straight losses on the road put you chasing now at 17 and 18. And I wanted to stay above 500 before we got into this January stretch. Uh, Obviously, the competition kind of dictated your record at this point. Now you're 17 and 18 after four straight road losses and some weird mini-series against Pelicans and Thunder. Did you take anything away from that that road trip? Did you learn anything? Uh, It did go about like I thought it would. You know, it's weird because... They're nine and one at home in clutch games and one and nine on the road. Mm-hmm. 
still, if you're able to get to 10 and 10 after I think they went like 12 and 36 or something stupid last year where they set a record for games that were within five in the final five minutes. Interesting to look up that during the stretch where they went 0, for, 0 and 4, they had the sixth best net rating and uh, our offensive rating in the league during that time. That's crazy. It really is. I mean, it's hard to do. The defensive rating was uh, down at 26. Mm-hmm. So that's what it was. But even still, that puts them at 22nd in net rating during that time. You should not be 0 and 4 if you, you know, if they should have gotten one of those games. And I think you would look at it way differently. Yeah. And you just get one. Yeah. And given that three of them actually do count as clutch games, uh, well, I guess all four of them do, really. Yeah. Sacramento was within five, or not, I guess not Sacramento, but uh, weren't all, yeah. Denver got a little weird at the end. Um, but the, the num- I, number got big. But it wasn't it within five? No, it didn't end within five. I think it was no, eight. no, no, no. I mean, in within the final oh, five minutes. I think so. so yeah. I think it was counted as a. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it did. But if in any case, they were. Uh, they were not bad offensively. Their net rating indicates they should have won at least one of those games, and they didn't. So it doesn't really surprise me all that much. I think all those teams are. Probably better than Dallas is. Yeah, I think, I mean, those teams are favored, obviously. Yeah, so not really much of anything to take away from it other than the freak show play at the end of the Portland game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I mean, punching back against Golden State was pretty cool. Um, Clippers, I thought that was the one you might get, so I was really disappointed after that game. But the Golden State effort definitely lifted my spirits quite a bit. And then, uh, so two against New Orleans, not back-to-back situation, but little mini-series. And I feel like they outplayed, <clears throat> pardon me, the Pelicans in that second game. It's just Anthony Davis went nuclear on them. Um, and he hasn't done that against us very much. So a lot of Mavericks fans kind of watch Anthony Davis, and they're like, ah, empty numbers. But for a dude that had to work Pelicans games one entire season, two or three years ago at Fox, uh there are nights like that, man, where he makes 44 points look pretty stinking easy, um, just knocking down relentless jumpers. Um, so that one kind of sucked. And then the end, the final minute, um, I know there's a lot of talk about it, and people, for some reason, people just can't let Luca and Dennis coexist and see how they work after, like, 50 games. It's got to be, like, 15 games in. Yeah, We've all got our final judgment on how these guys work together. It's very strange to me. I don't get this. I really don't. And I can tell who the uh, the fake people that have no sources and who the people that don't really watch the games and don't have never even talked to Dennis, uh, don't know anything about this team, because they'll run off and, like, that dude that was reporting that... The big lead? Yeah, yeah. That, uh, like, there's some controversy now. Te- um, teammates are sick of him. Yeah. Is what he said. They they prefer Berea because you know Berea as a starting point guard is definitely a great great idea that everybody has been clamoring for for years now. That's one of the dumbest things pound for pound I've heard about yeah. this team. Whenever they're they're willing to start Jalen Brunson, yeah, <laughs> to make sure that Berea is not in the starting lineup, it's yeah, hilarious. I that's just misinformed trying to stir the pot when there's nothing in it. Um. Yeah, the final minute of that game was super frustrating. Yeah, Dennis made two really bad decisions. Or one really bad decision to a play that broke down. Yeah. The step back three, I was more pissed off about, quite honestly. I wasn't real pleased with DeAndre fouling Anthony Davis on a baseline jump shot. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was a problem. I mean, you still would have been down one. Yeah. But I don't that that's not ideal. No. It was it just it was kind of an ultimate collapse. And I think Dennis I saw Dennis was um had five other like take the lead type shots this season and he made four of them. Yeah. And one was last night, obviously. And then the the Minnesota game comes to mind. And there's a couple more sprinkled in there. And that was the one. And look, it wasn't a bad look. He just didn't execute it. I mean, to, it's weird. I, I saw somebody, uh, I think it was our friend Jared, talking about this on Twitter. Because mm-hmm. I didn't get to watch this game live. Thigpen or Sandler? Uh, Thigpen. Okay. And it makes total sense that I don't understand why people around here who have watched a fairly untraditional offensive player for years and years and years who can't always be the guy to take the last shot depending on what the defense and the clock indicate. So to just say, well, yeah, we definitely have to have Luka take the shot, sometimes it takes Luka a little time. now, yeah. Or it takes him zero time, like when he's just going to catch and fall away in point six in Portland. But if you inbound that ball to him, first of all, I'm not sure if you could have. Right. Because well, Drew was, was face denying him. him. Yeah. And so I, I just... To me, they kind of got the look they wanted. Dennis got past Davis and just didn't mm. finish. I don't, I, I don't have a huge issue with the way that that game ended. Whether Luca was a decoy or not, it worked. Yeah, it did work, uh, as the great Donovan once said. Um, but I think, I think the plan was, and after kind of going through watching this thing a couple times and talking to people um, that know a little bit more than I do, I think the plan was start Luca back there. Uh, basically run off if Drew is kind of like guarding the inbound pass um, and kind of trying to ball deny him, get him moving forward with momentum, run him off a of DeAndre screen so he's coming at the basket off a of screen. Then you got four point, whatever it was, seven to get that playoff, right? Mm-hmm. Drew doesn't guard the inbound at all. He's it's just four even. Yeah, he's just face guarding Luka. Mm-hmm. And so that's not going to work. And so the second fold of it is get the ball in, um, get Dennis coming off the same DeAndre screen. And it just took a little bit too long to process. It well, it also time. takes a long time because you're having to get around Anthony Davis. Yeah. Once you catch off the screen and you're trying to curl back around. I don't think they anticipated them switching that. That was nah. one of the problems too. Yeah, that's a good point. Because Dennis comes off that and he pauses. And it's like... Oh crap! I got brow on me now, and I can I can get him. It's just gonna take a little bit. It takes a couple more dribbles, and for a dude that hadn't played in a live game in two weeks, and a dude that might not have trusted his jump shot 100% at that point, for him, I'm not that mad about that breaking down. I'm just not. I didn't think the look that Luca got was 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 all that much better on the the possession before, yeah. where he uh, ended up getting met at the rim by three dudes. Mm-hmm. He got to the rim, but yeah, I don't think that's that much worse. No, it it was just frustrating because I don't know why it's frustrating because it's the eighth or ninth time it had happened. Yeah, if that ha- if that wasn't the case and they were one in nine in clutch road games. And if everybody hadn't already decided that you should trade Dennis Smith Jr. for a G League <laughs> roster spot, then nobody would have made as big of a deal out of it. It was his yeah. first game back, and he was not bad. It was the perfect storm, and he's the pin cushion right now uh, for some reason, even though I think he's playing very well whenever his wrist is correct. Um, so it was a frustrating loss. There's no way around it. 
and I would like to think you can get a shot off no matter what. <laughs> at least put the ball in the air. That's what that's what I kept saying to myself. I was like, you have to at least shoot the ball. You gotta pull up. You gotta you gotta get a shot off. You gotta give it a chance. Um but anyway, you move on to the Oklahoma City game last night. I'd sitting there with, I don't know, two, three minutes left. I was like, nobody's played a good game. <laughs> this is pretty bizarre. Besides Paul George just relentlessly knocking down wet elbow jumpers. <laughs> that guy's stinking really good. And he frustrates the hell out of me because that's like an indefensible shot. Yeah, and especially now at the end of games where they put Schroeder out there with Russ and him because now you're in a situation where on a lot of possessions – Luca has to try to guard Russ because mm-hmm. they have to have Junior try to run with Schroeder. Of course, at the very end, Dennis came up again. Yeah, very encouraging. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was a perfect response game. I, I mean, hell, I thought Luca played pretty damn well. He was, he was uh, good. He was good at, towards the end. Yeah, towards the end. Uh, but like three, three quarters, I'm looking at Bobby and I'm like, nobody's played well. We're down six. six times. Yeah. A lot of turnovers. They were beating our ass in fast break, just running it down our throats. Well, it, <laughs> that's a very bad team to turn the ball over against. Yes. And they make you pay for it. Mm-hmm. And somehow, when the Mavs play them, they turn the ball over an F load of times and somehow <laughs> overcome it. Yeah. Because I swear they had, a, they had a, a heavy turnover margin in that game. They won by 15 earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I think... I don't think Oklahoma City's formula works right now. Like, obviously, they're a good team. Like, they'll be fine. I, I want just... to start a Twitter account called Thunder Fifth Starter. <laughs> <laughs> just name guys. And it's just guys they've had. Abdul Nader. Like, what the hell? Hamadou Diallo. And obviously, not having Robeson is a huge. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he was even kind of the fourth guy for a long time. But, mm-hmm. yeah, whoever their fifth starter has always been hilarious to me. Yes. And they didn't even announce Nader last night. No. They just skipped right by him because I don't think Sean knew how to say his name. He's like, what? what? Uh, okay, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> just power through. Yeah, we looked up and I go, oh. Ab- has Abdul Nader been starting for them? He's done making like, seatbelts safer and <laughs> protecting like, what's in your meat. I guess. Now I guess. would like to play. Terrence Ferguson's out, so what are the Thunder going to do? Yeah, it's. I mean, they just aren't that good of a shooting team without like Robertson and. If Ferguson Ferguson's been playing actually pretty well for like a you know a extremely limited role player. Bad radio zone. Yeah, I I was I was producing that day. I went and got him from the lobby. Swell kid, like him, like him a lot. Um, but I don't know all their defensive activity and the um, occurrences or whatever they call them, incidents that they they create um, are fantastic. That's why they're one of the best teams, and they have you know three I would consider super elite talents and Steven Adams, Paul George, and Russ, depending on what night you find Russ. <laughs> Last night was maybe the worst game I've seen him play in a really stinking long time. But uh that whenever you're getting out point per possession on the other end, because you can't shoot threes, it's a tough one, man. That's modern yeah. NBA. When you get when you're running that level of a pace and you're just getting chipped away because the Mavs shot what, 39 threes last night, I think it was? Let me pull up that. Yeah, 39. OKC shot 38, made nine of them, 23.7% from three. You're just, you're fighting math. You're just screaming at the math going, but we have 30 fast break points. 
It's really, really hard to start Steven Adams and have a guy who shoots 25% from three be your highest usage player. Yeah. And Russ's scoring is way, way down. He is leading the league in assists. He's leading the league in steals. Mm-hmm. I mean, as he said after the game last night, he's like, I'm the best defensive right. player at my position. I'm the best passer. I'm the best rebounder. He's not the best defensive player. At his he's point. not the best defensive player, but he's not as bad as he used to be. Right. He used and to he, fall asleep. And he is averaging almost three steals a game to go along with 10 rebounds. Yeah. There's also like a, almost a Draymond thing with him defensively where he'll dive into a passing lane. Oh, yeah. he's Separate the man from the ball like with his shoulder and not get called for it. And I'm like, what? You can't do that. But if you're going to have Adams out there and then who's, you know, obviously has zero stretch. Mm-hmm. And then you got Nader. Yeah, it can be tough. Yeah. They're really, they're where they are because they've played great defense. Yes, they're they're probably the best defensive team in basketball on a night-to-night basis. Just with the depth, when you can go Schroeder, uh, Diallo, who can be a pain in the ass off the bench, Nerlens, um, and Terrence Ferguson uh, are Swap that for Nader, however you want to do it. But they they roll deep defensively, um, and they can cause problems. But they have their shortcomings. It's a good problem to have, I suppose. But um, yeah, it was an interesting, it was an interesting punch back game. It was a uh, an interesting. Okay, we're getting into another clutch situation here, and they were up six, I think, super late, and Barnes made a couple free throws. Uh, there was a run out that Luca luckily tipped right to DeAndre, that caused the coolest moment of the game. The dunk. Yeah, that was awesome. It was pretty badass. <clears throat> that was gnarly, man. Because that ball was, it it was a turnover, written all over it, and then DeAndre throws it down. But uh, it's weird watching a game with Luca out there, and not feeling like he had a plus-plus advantage against any of the starting five defenders. Like, he'd get ISO'd out on the wing, and even Adams would be chasing him out there, and I'm like, I don't know how I like this or not. <laughs> like, I'm not sure. But then, dude, he did his thing. He started microwaving up, I think, in the what late third, fourth quarter. Um, Hit a couple threes yeah. right there, and I'm like, man, there's nobody that I'm happier for whenever they... Yes. Yes, because he, he genuinely thinks every shot's going in. Like, watching his reactions when he misses a three, he gets so pissed off. He thinks every stinking shot is going in. And who knows what happens if the beginning of the third quarter we don't go on that, what is it, like 12-0 run or whatever, um, where their offense just fell off. It was a weird – oh, my God. It was like half of the the quarter. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was a weird game, too, where – and I don't have the numbers on this in front of me, but it feels like the bench almost lost this for you. Ours? Yeah. Yeah, so Usually Brea, it's the other way around. Brea had six. Finney had ten in the second quarter, didn't score again. Powell had but six. But they're all minuses, though. Yeah, they're all minuses, and... That's very rare. For some reason, Devin was a negative ten. I thought Devin played pretty well, but... In fact, I would bet you that there's not many other games this se- this entire season where the entire bench has a, a minus and the entire yeah. starting lineup has a plus. And what, what are your thoughts on the way, on the rotation in general right now? Um... Well, with with Wes out, it makes things a little weird. Um, I don't know where Brunson is gone. I don't know how you can go from well, probably just starting junior, right, starting four straight to not getting one minute for two or three straight games. That seems pretty odd to me. 
Odd um, man out when Junior's back. Yeah, I that's guess. That's really all it is. I guess. Although but, he didn't play in the first New Orleans game either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't I don't know why Brunson can't get minutes. And he does – I mean, he's pretty limited. He's a second-round pick. I mean, I don't know what – I think we elevated him to the status of, oh, he could be a starter on some team, and that's not it. Like, his game's not complete yet. He has some nice tricks in his bag. But, I mean, if Bray is not scoring double digits and Powell's not effective, then it just – Looks like a weird, weird hockey sub- substitution that happens. Yeah, um, especially with Dirk out there. Like some games, Dirk just doesn't fit in. Um, and I like Maxi starting because of the defense he can bring, obviously, uh, and it just creates a completely different element to it. But it limits their three point shooting overall. Like they're never gonna knock down, you know, and they're not gonna have a forty percent shooting. Night from three when Maxie's getting that many minutes. Not when you're just trading Matthews for Maxie. Yeah. Now, if you were in some bizarro world, you were trading Maxie for DeAndre. Mm-hmm. I don't. Th- I think your three point shooting would be better. Yeah. Well, for sure. You know, and then yeah. and look, Maxie's been on a run. He he had a, a tough stretch there, mm-hmm. where from basically over a seven game stretch in December, in December he was shooting like twenty percent. Yeah. But he's back up near about 30. Mm-hmm. I still think he can be potentially a starting center, even if he's a starting center who only plays 22 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. They seem to think he's n- never going to be anything but a four. Yeah. I mean, they play him as a four with the backups. They're playing him as, as a four with the starters, even though he has you know, the third or fourth best defensive numbers at the rim for anybody who's contested a certain number of shots. Mm-hmm. Like, who's going to just body him? I mean, he was ha- having trouble with Adams at some points last night, but everybody does. Yeah, Adams has 50 pounds on him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what – that's the only matchup I've seen him. Look I at- mean, dude, he destroyed Julius Randle a couple times. Yeah. Uh, and Dwight Powell as well. Like, I know the numbers aren't big right now, but there was, I don't know, a week to 10 days in there where I'm like, dude, you're playing yourself out of the rotation right now. Or you're, you're not – He's never going to be out of the rotation because how effective he is with Berea against certain certain matchups. But I'm like DMP'd one night. Yeah, I'm like your minutes, dude. You're going from a 20 minute a game guy to a 15 a minute, 15 minute a uh, a game guy right now because you're just playing real spastic. Like he's fouling every time. Like you could just dump the ball down to random, you know, 200th man in the NBA, and he's fouling the dude. Yeah, but I wonder how much of that has to do with trying to get Dirk into the lineup. Yeah. Because the first game where he played very poorly was Dirk's first game back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so, the Clipper game. And then he got DNP'd the next game. And he was, so those are like, that's that's the worst little stretch he's had. Mm-hmm. And since he's been back in the last four games, he's been fine. Yeah. You know, not great, but fine. So I don't know. I mean, they have too many kind of good players. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, we haven't even talked about Finney yet, who had his best game in about, Three weeks, where every time I watch him and he misses a three, I'm like, Ugh. He was shot out of a cannon last night. Yeah, I was like, stop costing yourself money. <laughs> Just played really well. This is your cash-in year. Get that money. But, uh, yeah. yeah. The last nine games, Finney Smith's at 13% from three. Yeah. And uh, through the first not gonna do it. <laughs> 26, he was 40%. Yeah. I mean, we've so. talked about it. A dozen times. If you're not knocking down your threes at an acceptable rate for you, him, you can't start. You can't play him. Yeah, you just he's 
He's going to get spot minutes. And he had a big second quarter last night, didn't do anything else. But uh, when they're bench, and it's not even, I mean, I think we know what Bray is going to do. Like, I can tell you against each matchup what what's going to happen for J.J. Barea. He's the constant, right? Whenever Finney, Kleber, and Powell are playing well, they can run with almost anybody. But none of them are playing exceptionally well right now except for Maxi defensively. So you don't have an advantage there. And so it takes, you know, even when the Thunder aren't playing a very good game, it takes down to the final minute and some very lucky bounces off of Luka's hand to DeAndre and some Barnes free throws to win a game like that. And I I think the overall thing I take away from, like, the Pelicans game, the Thunder game, when we're playing these Western Conference teams that have, that everyone considers a playoff team coming into the season, and, you know, the Pelicans have had their own struggles uh, of late. But I think we're of that that ilk. I think we can beat any of these teams on a certain night, especially at home. When you get away from home, when a matchup dictates, you know, we still have a, a talent deficiency overall mm-hmm. compared to the top four in the West, especially now that Denver's getting healthy and Millsap's back and Gary Harris is coming back and Will Barton's coming back and you're like, holy crap. Look how they can roll eight deep of guys that drive you insane. But I think we're on par with the teams that are going to be challenging four through eight on a nightly basis. And that's super encouraging to me. And that's one of the things that we never talk about with, with Luca. We can, you know, go, oh, my God, look at the numbers, look at the shots, look at the highlight moments, look at the follow-up freakouts. He's changed the trajectory of this team unlike any player I've ever seen in a Mavericks uniform. Well, that's, that's really that's what is right in there in the junior conversation. Is mm-hmm. and I know you wanted to talk some about the patience that is required to yeah. draft a point guard ninth overall, mm-hmm. who played one year of college basketball, who was injured his senior year of high school basketball. Right. The patience thing is one hundred percent because of Luca. Yeah, and if if people would be more patient with all of these guys if he wasn't here. Because everybody would have continued to think of it as a long window where you say, all right, well, I mean, let's see what Finney Smith is and let him play through some of these mistakes. Even if he does have a stretch of eight games where he's shooting 13% from from three, let's see if Kleba can shoot himself through this and get his confidence back because right now it looks like he has none. Let's. Uh, who cares too much if the rotation looks like a full uh, an 80% of a line change with the last piece coming in. Who cares about these things? Because we're just trying to get these guys better. But then whenever you feel like you have a guy who can be the best team on a championship team, you stop having patience for your smaller deficiencies. Mm-hmm. And everybody starts to say, this this guy or that guy is holding us back. Nobody would have been holding you back if there was nothing to hold you back right. from. But once you get to the point where you think you might actually have a guy who's an all-star – and is in his first year, it it makes everybody look around at everyone who's not him and say, why are you the problem here? Yeah, why aren't you this guy? So that's why that's that's the peril of signing a guy like DeAndre also. Because once you have a center that makes $22 million and who's been established as one of the best at his position in years past, 
he's going to make you better. Mm-hmm. Even if he's not what he once was, he's going to make you better. And once you start getting closer and closer to being actually good, people have way less patience for somebody blowing a last-second shot, even if it's in their second game, like game 80 of their career, in their first game back from a, an injury that cost them to miss 10 of 11 games, people don't care. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not really logical, but that is what's happening. Yeah, it's it's all relative to expectation, right? It doesn't make a lot of sense for there to be any media member, much less one uh, that we've never heard of, respected or not. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense for in a a guard's second year, like, again, game 80, for there to be rumors about his place in the room. Like, that usually takes until your fourth year. Yeah. This is, it makes no sense. And look, compare him to the guys he was picked with. Markel Fultz is his own yeah. disaster. He's on Pluto. Uh, but Josh Jackson's in there. Like He hasn't been great. I'd, I'd rather have Dennis, <laughs> quite honestly. I'd rather have him than Malik Monk. Yeah. And Malik Monk has been fine, but mm-hmm. not, not good. It's really pretty much just... It's his Fox. It's pretty much just Fox, who was drafted four positions higher. You would not rather have Nilakina. No. So you're talking about one player of the four that were taken mm. uh, ahead of him at his position that you'd rather have. That is not disappointment. No. Especially for a dude, I mean, 20 games maybe of grind your ass off high-level basketball at NC State when they thought they had a chance to maybe make the tournament in his one season there. And then the final five, eight games are probably just not a real positive place to be. Yeah. So maybe 20 games in his entire life of high-level basketball. That's so far behind where Luka is. And it's not his fault. Like, I don't know why people attach these, this expectation, this this angst. Is it, I don't know if it's because he doesn't smile on the court, because he plays with, like, an edge, because yeah. he, you know, he thinks he should get calls, and he probably should. Like, Luka bitches to the ref. Five times more <laughs> yeah. than Dennis, but it's kind Funny. of a, kind of adorable because he's like just goofy and smiles and does stupid stuff. And Dennis just has a game face, and he locks in, and that's him the entire game. And the you know most expression you see him make is whenever he's angry, and that's how he plays. And so people attach this you know preconceived notion of oh well you're this guy I've seen before, you're this I've experienced this kind of player before, you're this guy. I did this with Dez for years, and I'm kind of tired of the fact that we're going to have to do it again. Yeah. Just don't be body language guy. Let no. that be the job of whatever that lady that Bill O'Reilly used to bring on his show <laughs> to do body language at the debates. Don't be that guy. Bill O'Reilly deep cuts. Yeah. I was I was in the – you know what I was in? I was in the no spin zone. <laughs> <laughs> so are you coming in here with that spin? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It says it on the door. Get your ass back out of here. Don't, just, just don't be that guy. It's it's pointless. Yeah. You know, I mean Well in the dude, and just being around Dennis and okay, I'm around the team every day. I go to every every practice. I'm in every locker room. I'm in every pregame. Everyone loves Dennis. Like there is no angst there. He loves Luca. Like he's trying to he's actively reforming his game on the fly to fit around Luca. And if you haven't watched the games, and you just assume, okay, here's a top ten pick. Here's a you know a higher pick the next season. I'm gonna start driving a wedge in between that because I assume there's friction there. There's not, man. There's yeah. just not. Like if in if at the end of this year, somebody in 
with uh, deciding power in the front office decides, you know what, there's a better route to go, then so be it. But it's not going to be because Dennis didn't want to make it work or Luca didn't want to make it work or they can't fit together because they can, especially with Dennis playing this way, being a maniac defensively, pushing the pace. Four of nine from three since he's come back in the last two games. No, like, the injury was very poorly timed. Yes, it was that, the that, worst. That's That sucks because through the first 15 games of the year uh, before the injury against Brooklyn, he was – I mean, this was not going to sustain, but he was at 39% from three on a decent number of attempts. Yes, in games, in games when he's healthy, like if you take out – there's clearly a wrist injury in there. You can see it. It's easy to watch in the game logs. There was only like six games, but – Yes, take those out. Add the last two. Like, I know it's cherry-picking, but it's still, there's, there's, a, there's a cause there. There's causation. He hurt his wrist, and it, it literally was snapping whenever he would roll it. And he was still playing through it. And it's just, man, it's super fun to hype a 19-year-old point guard who's dunking and putting up decent numbers against people whenever they're 19 on a bad team. But then you got to have patience, man. Not everybody turns into De'Aaron De- De- Fox their second year. Yep. It just doesn't work like that across the board. And most point- Fox, who was also taking four picks higher. Yes. Probably and, need to continue to. Yeah. And mo- most people, most players that are point guards that are that high usage at that young of an age are a negative effect on winning. And there's no way around it. I know we're not used to it here because we haven't had a, we don't draft <laughs> point guards that young or we just don't, I can't remember. I mean, we've played Mike James to avoid playing young point guards before. In Rick Carlisle's tenure. So just think of how that that works and how you you as a Mavericks fan haven't seen this before. I'm going to hit you with some take that for data. Okay. Of guards only this year, just jump shots. So this includes pull-ups and catch and shoot. Mm -hmm. If I filter for 100 possessions, of which Dennis has 113, so maybe that's a little bit arbitrary, but given that he was only able to play in 23 games, uh, he's got 113. There's 91 players. First of all, you might find it interesting to know that number 91 in points per possession created on jump shots in the half court this year. Clay? Russell Westbrook. <laughs> <laughs> number 90. That's awesome. Is Trey Young. Ooh. Yeah, Trey shooting 25% from three ain't going to work. <laughs> Clay is 59th. Mm. De'Aaron Fox is 60th. Oh. Luca is 46th. Mm hmm. And Dennis Smith Jr. is 22nd. That'll work. The players who have created more points per possession on jump shots in the half court, again, both catch and shoot, guarded, unguarded, and uh, pull up, are borderline all-stars <laughs> and the best shooters in the game. Danny Green, Buddy Heald, uh, Kevin Herter. 35-year-old Buddy Heald. Dude. That, <laughs> Weird is that? Kemba, Harden. But yeah, like if he just if if this stays the same mm-hmm. and he continues to defend the way that he has, whether you call him a two guard or an off guard or a combo guard or whatever you call him, it would be undeniable that he's helping them win. Yes. And that's really all that matters. Yeah. So I feel like I'm we're gonna have to keep doing this all year and probably all next year, and as long as he's here. And when people ask me, would you trade him for Mo Bamba? Of course I would. <laughs> Not because I think Dennis sucks, just because it obviously would be a better fit to have a guy that we think could be, you know, a big. And keep in mind, Bamba was drafted much higher 
three or four spots higher than Dennis was. So it's not yeah. about Dennis to to throw that out there and say, would you trade him for a, a big of similar talent? Of course I would. That doesn't mean anything about him at all, and it doesn't mean it won't work. Yeah. It and, would always be easier to have a big and a guard than two guards. Always. Yeah. And whenever a guy starts that young and has that high of a usage, for some reason their expectation window just cranks wide open. Like Bamba is getting sat right now. Yeah. And no. he's a big. Nobody's mad about Jonathan Isaac yet. <laughs> right, exactly. Who I still think is probably going to be pretty good. He's a good player. It's just he's got to find his way. And uh, so I just looked up Dennis's defensive uh, quantitative shot, shot quality numbers. There's, uh, let's see. Luca somehow has a a negative effect on shots, which means good. Um, he's been, dude, he's been better than I expected of late defensively. Yeah, dude, last night he got in some situations yeah, he, against Westbrook, against Paul George. The thing that happens that he's got to stop doing is putting his chest into people yeah, with his he's feet moving. fouling a lot. Because he's getting called for them. And well, they're I'm fouls. Like, yeah, they are, they are <laughs> fouls. They're not, they might not be Euro League fouls or pick up basketball fouls because you stay in front of the guy. Yeah, well, there's a train but, coming for your, <laughs> your yeah, cavity. Right. And, I mean, he's strong enough where he doesn't bother him. He's like, oh, okay, well, I guess it's a foul, but, you know, I impose some will. It's underrated how much him getting to defend a guy who's smaller than him makes it to where even if he's not really that great, his length and his body yeah. can keep him in the game. They can kind of keep him in business a little bit. Yeah. And, dude, he's getting... I don't know if people watch this kind of stuff, but dude, he's getting in pretty good shape. <laughs> yeah, no, it, like, you can tell. it's it's a different body than it was the first time I I saw him. Um, but anyway, Dennis's numbers on quantitative shot quality: he's faced 311 shots against, which is that's pretty high considering he missed substantial time. I'm gonna say that per game, that's the highest on their team. That is 22-7, which is yeah, that's highest on the team. Um. Negative 1.5 is his uh, quantified shooter impact. So on defensively, it's quantified defensive impact. So 51.3 quantitative shot quality, effective field goal percentage of 49.8, which is 80th percentile in basketball. That works out to a negative 1.5, which is 70th percentile in basketball. Basically just meaning, again, quick primer. Yeah. The shots that he is... Listed as the primary defender, you would think would have this yeah effective field goal effective percentage. field goal percentage if they were taken by an average player mm -hmm. and with an average defender, and for him, it's lower yeah than what you would expect, and he's also not facing a, an average shooter. No, <laughs> More he times never than is. Not. He never is, and I mean that defensive possession last night at the end of the game was that was huge, man. There's no way around it. He it wasn't drawn up for Dennis to be on Paul George. Well, they switch, out. They're switching a lot more than I expected this year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if if you need, if if quantitative shot quality is not making sense to you, I can literally take some photos whenever they trace a game. Because there's a, you can replay a game with just diagrams and watch like the dot that is Luca. It'll say 77 on it. Run around whenever he catches the ball. The number updates every step. I don't think I've ever done that. Yeah. It's on, uh, let's see, other tab. I think court view. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch because you'll see a guy get in the paint and you're like, oh, that's a 77 percentage effective field goal percentage uh, shot right there. Yep. And it just makes more sense when we watch it like that. Um, and just a little little free one here. Maxi is a negative 
That's 15th in all of basketball among dudes that have faced 100 shots. Yeah, it makes total sense though. That is awesome. I mean, if you <laughs> if if you just it you know, that matches up with the eye test very well. Yes. Like he is just eliminating layups. And that's how you get that number so freaking high. They're all most of them are all big guys that are around there. Um let's see if I no, I close that window. But anyway, yeah, it's it's eliminating extremely high percentage shots. Yeah, it's pretty much all centers and it's centers and Bob Covington. <laughs> Rocco, we need we need and LeBron. LeBron's twenty first. Yeah, well he'll do some uh, chase down chase down blocks. Will get you too. That's true. Um, all right, so we've got about ten ten fifteen minutes left here. I just wanted to update everyone on. So, whenever you're, you only watch one team, which most Mavericks fans aren't <laughs> aren't going to watch more than one team. It's a lot of stinking games. It's eighty two games this year. Uh, it's a lot of devotion and hours spent in front of the TV or at an arena. So you don't know if what I'm seeing, like last year, right? We, we were all freaking out about Dennis because of his age, because of the upside, the usage. You're going, wow, Rick really trusts this kid to run the offense for 75% of the game. And so you don't know if what you're seeing, how it compares across the league, right? You're like, this is fun to watch. This team is good. They dunk a lot. Dennis is really cool, but how does this compare across the league? And luckily, they measure games, so we have numbers to do this. There's a long-winded way of saying, I'm about to show you how good Luka Doncic is and how insane his December was compared to the league and compared to the history of the NBA. Because I don't... If if you're still doubting... (laughs) that this guy can be, like, best player on a championship team, best cha- best player in a conference finals team. Um, we haven't seen this before. There's one There's one dude that keeps coming up in all of his box score comparisons, and you know the one. Uh, it's, it's a guy that just had a birthday. It's LeBron. But so for December, 21.4 points per game, 6.4 rebounds per game, 6.3 assists, 8.5 free throw attempts per game. 36% from three. If those were his season numbers, there have only been 22 players in the history of the NBA to have a season like that. 22 ever. <laughs> if that was his season. Which is, it's a month, so it's a little different. But if you use his raw numbers, overall, all 34 games... 20 points per game, 7 rebounds, 5 assists per game, shooting 37% from 3. There's only been 4 dudes ever to have a season like that. And they are Larry Bird, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, and LeBron James. That's his true numbers, like through 34 games of his career. That's only happened by four other dudes. It's happened like a couple repeated times by dudes. Like LeBron's done it once because LeBron doesn't shoot well from three, right? Blake Griffin's done it once because he doesn't shoot well from three on most seasons. Yeah. Durant's done it twice. Larry Bird's done it four times. So you don't get that level of production in terms of points, rebounds, assists with that level of three-point shooting. And Just, free throw rate? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't use free throw rate. Okay. But uh, through 34 games, his just... On the surface, raw ass numbers. Nobody does that. It just doesn't happen. Not shooting that well from three. 
Well, and having that positive effect on winning. We've said it of several times, and no matter how good you and I might have thought he would be, or people who even know more about this stuff than us, like Lamp, who watches European League games from four and has been doing it for 10 years now or however long. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it was easy to see coming, but I do remember trying to sell Bob and Dan very hard on the idea that there's never been a player like this before, even if he ends up being bad. Yeah. Just credentials-wise. So mm-hmm. if you have an input where you say, the input that I'm identifying here is so unique that there's literally never been been anything like it ever, then as excited as you are by the output, it shouldn't seem that crazy. It should seem like it's never happened before. Yeah. If you have, like, that's what I'm saying. If you have the the data going in as well, there's never really been a guy who's done what he's done before who's come to the league at this age, then you then anything that happens after that, you should be able to stop and say, this is unprecedented. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, for example, if you, I don't know if you, how many people who listen to this are college football fans, but I mean, I started hearing Trevor Lawrence compared to Peyton Manning when he was like 15. Right. So the fact that he looks like Peyton Manning when he's 18 or 19, mm-hmm. and you're, people are wrong about a lot of that stuff, but some of it is just the measurables and your accomplishments. And for Luca, if there'd never been anybody who'd accomplished those things overseas. Yeah. Man, it's super frustrating too. Like the dentist thing is my most frustrating thing right now. The second most frustrating thing is everything related to oh, just going to leave, <laughs> just going to yeah. leave, and, yeah. and obviously LeBron, and then yeah. Luca's response to LeBron, and then media outlets, you know, tweeting in a you know jocular fashion about oh, I'll make it happen, Magic. Mm-hmm. I get it, and I get that we're all very uh, sensitive to these issues at this. In this city and in this franchise. Dude, the Lakers couldn't draw up a stinking trade right now that I would take. I wouldn't take their entire team. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Seriously. They could not draw up a trade that I would take for Luka Doncic. Because you can, and I heard Skin said this on the broadcast last night, but, you know, it's been mentioned a lot, which is just, I mean, you live in the lottery wilderness for a decade. Mm Mm-hmm. And you don't get anything close to this dude. So there is no trade. and, and, And I think it also goes to... How little people, and look, everybody has jobs. If you're not that into this stuff, then maybe you don't. And I'm not saying I know all of it because I definitely don't. But there just haven't been many players who left the team that drafted them before their second contract. LeBron's second contract covered his seventh year. So he was there for seven years, not eight or nine. But still, that's a pretty long time. And that was a very unique situation mm-hmm. where his ownership was absolute crap. So much so that they you know, were literally writing drunken letters on the way out. Uh, and then Shaq. Yeah. Shaq is the only one that I've come across where a guy left his team. And that's so unique. And it's the magic. And people are acting like Dallas is is this barren wasteland that because we couldn't get Dwight Howard or Darren Williams to sign here with 33-year-old Dirk, that we're not going to be able to retain the superstar you drafted whenever you have the ability to pay him so much more money. So, I don't know. I'm already going to be paying you back the $500 Sixers bet partially <laughs> on uh, th- the 300 bucks that I would hypothetically win this year when Luka wins Rookie of the Year from what I 
hypothetically nice. bet before the start of the year. Yeah, hypothetically. But if someone wants to close that gap by betting me the other $200 that Luka Doncic <laughs> will play at minimum his first eight seasons in Dallas, I would gladly like to do that. Yeah. Because that's going to happen. So yeah. the problem is, is that no one who listens to this thinks that. So we're kind of right. screaming into the void. I wish there was a way that I had access to some sort of Just front me large up. mass medium Catch that could me speak outside. to a, a general sports fans. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that one day. <laughs> maybe, maybe down the road, Jake. Yeah, that is the thing. When we brought up the thick pin earlier, I was laughing because, I don't know, Twitter is just a useless slug of an invention that sometimes has very uh, high moments, and most of the time it's just drudge and slush and just, you know, uh, crap water. But uh, it's funny because every, after every little flashpoint of this season, um, I don't know, I feel like I've adjusted quite a bit to how I used to react to a lot of stuff because I don't know. I just, I just live it now. It's, it's my job. Um, but he'll get on Twitter and he's like, I just don't understand why X, Y, Z is happening. And I'm like, bro, you got to chill. You can't, you can't be yelling at everyone on the Twitter on Twitter all the time that posts some head ass thing about, uh, but I get, what he's, I get where he's coming pick. from though. I get where he's coming from, because but I don't, I don't it's think it's dumb to be really into something. Or it's frustrating to see to be really into something and then to have people who spend a lot less time thinking about it than you do have an equal voice. Right. And they and they shape the conversation more than you because they're saying And they're loud ghost pepper takes yep. in your face all the time. And it's like, bro, you don't know what you're talking about. And I think we've done this as a fandom at maybe five to eight years now, where I'm like you're here in your intelligence and your understanding of basketball. You need to be here if we're going to have a real conversation. But it goes back to what we were saying before about Luca: is that it's gone at different times of the season from DeAndre to Wes to Dennis, and they've all had their issues, although I have way more patience and tolerance for Dennis than the other two. Mm -hmm. But we seemingly cannot have a stretch where someone is not real. There's not one person that everybody is very mad at. Right. And it's yeah. been Rick at times. I don't love the line change thing. Mm -hmm. I also don't think that's why they've lost these games. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that, that is the most, one of the most interesting things I've seen Jared talking about is why can't we just let – why do we have to have a villain every – new villain every two weeks? And that's just, you know, NBA fan that watches uh, one Maverick game a week. Well, also, that's – it. That's essentially the uh, the quality where Luca most resembles LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you're on a team with LeBron, so, everybody's ducking because yeah, somebody's yeah. about to get blamed for something. Right. Yeah. And the the stuff about uh, you know magic, come come make it happen. Come come get him. Like, man, he chose to be here. I don't know if anybody realizes that. I've said it as many times as I could. That uh, he was probably not going to be a king. Yeah. He was probably not going to be a hawk. The, the Kings took Marvin Bagley because Marvin Bagley was the only one that was like, hey, I, <laughs> I'd love to be. I'll play anywhere. I don't yeah. care. Um, you know, he probably wasn't going to be a grizzly because he held all the cards. Yeah. He could have he he stayed. He could have stayed another year and come over when you're 20. What does it matter? What's the stinking difference? But. He knows what the Mavericks are about, and I've heard um, it might have been, okay, I think it's Danny LaRue by way of Amin El Hassan. Ownership is the greatest sports non-competitive advantage. So anything that's outside of what happens on the court, on the field, 
ownership is the greatest advantage. And you see it with the Mavs. You see what having a, a real organization gets you in the end. And I'm not saying we aren't, you know, we're impervious to, to flaws. And there weren't some frustrating years where things didn't really go the way we wanted because of just like weird decisions. But man, when you have an organization that's taken seriously and you know, whenever it's time to go for it, they're going to go for it. And heck man, two first round picks for Luca. I'd trade three, right? I'd I'd give you three right now. Everybody would. Dude, I I think that's a stinking bargain. Yep. You know, the fifth overall pick and then whatever next year is going to be 15th. I'd give you another one. You want another one here, Atlanta? Thanks so much. Man, I've been thanks. Thanks for everything. I've been peeping really hard that middle of the first round too, because I'm gonna buy that guy's jersey. <laughs> I guess to to put a cap on it, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I told you that Luca's numbers across the league were there was one number that kept coming up in terms of percentile. It was ninety. It was ninetieth percentile. Well, if you update them. After December, after one of the most insane months that a 19-year-old has ever had in the league, it's 93rd percentile. That's the number that keeps coming up. 93rd percentile in points. 93rd percentile in three-pointers made. 93rd percentile in three-pointers attempted. Uh, 95th in free-throw attempts, or free-throws made. 97th in free-throw attempts. 93rd percentile in assists per game. So he's a 93rd percentile in basketball player. And again, that's you're saying that's not just rookies? No, that's across the league. Yeah, that's... That is across the NBA. He's 93rd percentile in points. So there's only 7% of players in the league that score more points than him. Same for assists. Same for three-point attempts. Same for three-pointers made per game. Field goal attempts, he's 91. Minutes played, he's 90. All those things have gone up. When I said he was a 90th percentile player in the league, uh, and if, you know, maybe you didn't have to take uh, statistics or anything in your, your degree path or whatever your your case may be, it's kind of hard to understand, but it's gone up to 93. That's the number that keeps popping up whenever you look at his breakdown across the league. So I I can't oversell the guy. I can't say enough words uh, to give you the full impression of how positive he's been um, in the 34 games he's played and how he's changed the trajectory of this franchise, unlike anybody not named LeBron James whenever he went to Cleveland. So stop right now and go stinking vote <laughs> for go the All-Star game. Mavs.com. Slash. I'd rather you vote for this than the election. <laughs> yeah, this is more important to me, quite honestly. This is I'm gonna put more uh more blood, sweat, and tears into this than any election. So all right, we got uh OKC tonight, Charlotte at Charlotte, and then a real fun uh at Boston at Philly back to back. You think Dirk will play tonight? Um good question. Doubt it. What about Wes? Doubt it. Okay. Well, then you might see Brunson again. Yeah, he might get some Brunson. Might get some uh get some Brunson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm me, tired. And, me, me, and, me and Doyle keep fighting back and forth between what his nickname should be. Doyle says Action Brunson, and I just say, no, he's giant baby, okay? He looks like a giant baby. He does baby. look like a giant baby. 
And he has zero of the qualities of action. Right, exactly. Like, I don't know who that would be. Probably, like, Pal. <laughs> yeah. Just Pal because, like, out. kind of fallen. Yeah. And, Pal could be called Bam Bam. Yeah, and like, that yeah. is Brunson's nickname. Uh, Bronson, Bronson's yeah, nickname. Exactly. So, uh, Brunson is too put together yes. of a player to be Way action. too calculated. Yeah. That but, doesn't uh, work. Yeah, that one doesn't work. So, take that with you, Doyle. We just We just ruled. You can feel free to appeal, but I don't think that's going to go well. His name is Giant Baby, damn it. He's Giant Baby until into perpetuity. And I love the dude. I'm not making fun of him. He just has a big-ass head for a dude that's six foot tall. But, uh, yeah, maybe we get some Brunson minutes tonight. And uh, hopefully Westbrook doesn't go um, scorched earth after scoring nine points last night. But, uh, yeah, the Boston-Philly back-to-back on the road is just like, why are you doing this to us? What are you? What are you trying to prove here? Sucks. Boston. Boston's getting right, and uh, there's a nice little home stretch at the end of the light at the end of the tunnel, though. Yeah, I mean, you. I want to be. I want to win this one tonight, obviously. But more than anything, be super competitive in it. Get down to a clutch situation. If you, if it does get out of your hands, you got to beat Charlotte. Well, you really have to beat the LeBron, the Lakers, and the Suns yes. finally at home. Yes, week. that is. If you can get those two. And then you only win one of Boston, Charlotte, mm-hmm. Philadelphia. Then you don't feel so bad, right? Because we got to hover around five hundred. That puts you at twenty and twenty-one. I can deal with that. I can deal with that. We got to get out of January, being around five hundred, like within two games. So let's do it. Uh, OKC tonight at seven p.m. on Fox Sports Southwest. Go vote for Luca. Uh, go vote for DeAndre. Go vote for Harrison. Um, do a full Mavs ballot, mavs.com slash all-star. And thank you for listening. And Jacob, thank you for your time. Go get some sleep, bro. Yep.